Aloha. Twatch. What? DLT. Face it. You're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know? Pontiac Fiero. He slimed me. Now, only $8.99 at Jakey's. I want my MTV. Bueller. And what they gonna do? My density has popped me to you. But it's only authentic if it says members only right here. Live from members only studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s, the best that we remember it. This week, uh, we're going to be joining my friend Jason and his crew over at Chewing the Fat, and this is their 80s music episode. They asked me to join them. I guess they couldn't find anyone else, so they asked me. It was a lot of fun recording the episode, and hopefully you guys uh, have a good time too. Next week, we will be back with a normal podcast, but this week, uh, let's join Jason and crew and uh, talk all about 80s music. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Chewing the Fat, the weekly show where we talk about life, we reminisce about the past, and we discuss the world around us. I am your host, Big J, and I would like to thank you all for tuning in. So today, we are actually going to be discussing a subject that's a little near and dear to my heart. Uh, we're going to be doing a Chewing the Music episode, and this one is all going to be about 80s music. Yeah, I know some of you... Uh, Got to enjoy our uh, 90s grunge episode. Oh, that was so good. That was a lot of fun. And But uh, for this one, I've actually assembled uh, kind of a unique crew. We have uh, working at the producer table instead of at the main table because he's he's a youngin and he doesn't really have much reference to 80s music. We have Schnoz. Yeah. You know, last time I was on, we did something about a certain particular year. It was 1991 or something. Mm -hmm. And I made a comment that every time we do a year, it gets closer to something I'm able to do. And you just took like two steps back. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I could be here. Yeah. Well, you've got to talk about 80s music. It is iconic and a lot of old farts like us. We just love talking about it. So it's enjoyable. All right. And uh, I have to my left returning to us, Jet. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right, and for this special episode, I have called in my good friend from the Living in the 80s podcast and the Living in the 80s Facebook group, Guru Rob. Hey. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Happy <Thanks>. to be here. <laughs> Sorry. I, I When I'm doing my podcast, it is uh, there's like a central mic. Mm-hmm. You don't have to gather around. This one I've got I got to make out with. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, not, gotta, not used to that, uh, that you, close you physical po- contact you, there. you got to tickle the tip of your nose with the, with a pop filter. What That's he's cool. really telling you is his setup is better than yours. Yeah. yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> no, the problem is there are so many flat surfaces in here because of all the comics and posters that I have on the walls mm-hmm. that the sound just falls flat. So you got to talk close and up inside the baffle to isolate the sound mm. to make it sound good. So... So renting out a space, I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's a long term goal is to actually get a studio, so I don't have to keep cleaning my house every time I want to do a podcast. 
That's really that's that's really the only reason. I just <laughs> gosh, I, I don't hate... have to clean my house. Oh again. my god, every week. It's the third podcast this week. I got to clean again. So, and uh, that's who we have today. It's just me and Jet and Guru Rob and Schnoz pushing buttons and turning knobs. And yeah. uh, is there someone think... missing? No, no, no. Okay. I don't think. Nope. I think that's everybody. No, that's, that's usually mm-hmm. that's our regular Chew crew. Yeah, that we have. I don't. I don't think anybody's missing. Yep, perfect. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> We miss you, Eli. <laughs> she's she's gonna kill us, Eli. I don't know you, but I miss you. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you've probably got a little bit more to add to this topic than uh, you know. Yeah, just shove it further down his throat. <laughs> he's, it's like he's getting farther away. <laughs> I'm sorry, I am not used to the makeout session I have to do with this mic. I know. Well, usually know. when you talk to people, I hope you're not this close. Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I don't believe in personal space. Okay. <laughs> so, no, actually, uh, Eli is not able to be here today. She had a fall, and uh, the doctor told her that she is concussed and not able to be around bright lights or to talk or to read. I or... just burn too bright. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. I'm well, sorry. It has, actually, it's for a basement you know, studio. This is actually a very bright room. So That's fair. Yeah, I would actually have to unscrew lights to be comfortable for her. And then we wouldn't be able to read anything. So, um, but yeah, we do miss you, Eli, and we're sorry that you're not able to make it. But we do have her list of songs, and they are queued up. So we're going to get to hear her absolutely horrendous choice in music. So. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we haven't heard it yet. Okay, that's what you think will be the judge. It's probably really good, right? Yeah, we're going to love it's it. Gonna be good. We're going to love it. Okay, well, we'll I, see. I hope somebody does. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm. There's really... that one person. <laughs> Some dude in Uzbekistan <laughs> is going, that's my jam. <laughs> Uzbekistan. Yeah, nice. we, have, we have a lot of international listeners. We're, we're really, can't get any credit in the States, but dude, <laughs> in Eastern Bloc Europe, poof, we are the bomb. Blowing up. That's a, that's a bad choice of terms. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Man, so. if, man, we should have pandered to them, but like, you know, a little Ace of Base or something, you know, something, early 80s. Something, you know, something huh? Scandinavian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But nothing French. We, Ugh, no. No, screw the French. <laughs> All right. So before we get to our individual songs that we like, I want to talk about uh, just some of the facts about 80s music. And I've got a list of Billboard Hot 100 number one singles of the 80s by year. So uh, guys, feel free to chime in about, you know, if you know the song or, if, you know, brings back memories. If it's a Billboard Top 100, I'm sure... I'm going to know might have a heard good of chance they're yeah. not going to be too obscure. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I was actually surprised by one fact about this list, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so 1980, the number one single of 1980 was Call Me by Blondie. Oh, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Good Great song. song. Uh, Blondie is one of those bands that I, I liked back in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, but didn't really think a lot of them. Just like, oh, those are cool songs. Mm-hmm. But as time has gone on, like I I enjoy their music more and more. I mean, you've got a, a new wave punk kind of rock. I mean, she could well Deborah Harry, but the bland the band Blondie could do it all. Nice. So yeah, nice. Good. Great band. Do you have sound bits for those or no? No. Okay. No, this is just people are gonna have to play them in their head. And and that that was on the soundtrack of a uh, American Gigolo. Oh, was it? Yes. Okay. Starring Richard Gere. Nice. All right. The number one single of 1981 was Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. What song is that? Well, if you don't know it. You... Betty Davis Eyes? Yep. Huh. She's got Betty Davis Eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm loving it. That was actually <laughs> that was actually on the radio on my way over here. 
Really? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It really was. And were, you, were you doing like 80s on some iHeart or something? Or? No, I've got Sirius XM, so it was on the 80s on 8. Just, okay. Gotcha. It was kind of more in the background versus me actually listening, okay. but that came on and they were just kind of saying some things about her. She's more no, known as a, a country singer, mm-hmm. and uh, this was she had a little, uh, some pop stuff right there in the in the early 80s, but this particular song, if you guys haven't seen it, you've got to check out eddie murphy doing buckwheat's greatest hits oh yeah I've oh seen that. my goodness he does betty davis eyes and you can't understand what it's saying in the song anyway and yeah. you've got buckwheat you know talking like buckwheat doing that <laughs> classic <laughs> it's hilarious classic yeah so uh 1982 uh let's get physical by olivia newton john <laughs> actually that music video as a kid kind of disturbed me not gonna lie well i was really young like mm-hmm. really young mm-hmm. when I first saw it, and she was dancing around in her leotards, and and I'm like, what is happening? And I was like, what is this? Like, is this all about dancing? And my parents were like, yes, <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Keep your innocence, <laughs> right? Yeah, dancing. Yeah, which I, which helped kick off the whole jazzercise. Yeah, the jazzercise movement. Workout. Yes. Yeah, yes. and leg warmers and. <laughs> head, no, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at six, nothing. No, no. I actually, I, I didn't. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. So a lot of these videos, I don't even know uh, what they look like. Well, what happened was, um, MTV was just coming out, and I was talking about it, and I told my dad I wanted to watch it, and so he goes, "Okay, wait, well, wait, wait." Did you say, "Dad, I want my MTV"? No, I didn't, because I, <laughs> I didn't know missed opportunity. I didn't watch MTV, so, um, so he says, "Okay, well, let's check it out." So he turns it on, and. It was like it was Devo's Whip It. Ah, oh, I knew it. I knew uh, it. Yeah, classic. And and so they have that scene where they're like, "Just whip it!" And the guy's whipping, whipping and her. like just parts of her clothing are falling off. Yeah. And like my the, dad, my the, dad was the like cross-eyed Asian girl. I don't know who it was. I didn't get to see enough of <laughs> With it. With the gun, trying to shoot. Yeah, things. and uh, yeah. So she she got down to like her underwear and bra, and dad was like, "Boop, nope, not watching that." You're. I not mean, allowed. none of this whipping in my house. Yeah. So yeah. So I was. I never actually grew up with MTV. That's like one of the worst music videos for him to turn on to be like, "Is MTV appropriate? <laughs> Let's find out." Oh, here's the one that's not. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not the only plus one, the but song, it was up there. Plus the song's about masturbation. Yeah. yeah and there's all kinds true. of innuendos throughout the song, which yes. at the time you don't get, but now looking right. back going, oh, oh, I should have seen it. There's so many of those, though. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> like, like I, Turning Japanese. Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, and then the thing is they talk about, like, the music of today is just so crude. And yeah, they are just more upfront about it. it they were just hiding it better in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's the same thing. Yes. Yeah, innuendo is better than bluntness. That's true. Yeah. So, all right, 1983, the number one single was Every Breath You Take by The Police. Mm, that's a good one. But kind of creepy. Absolute classic. Yeah, the, I, st- the original Stalker song. Yeah, we no, just, actually, <laughs> I can't say the original because I think it's, was it The Temptations of the Four Tops where they had the uh, Just My Imagination? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a stalker song. That's a stalker song. Yeah, I don't really see that as a. St- I'd have to you see wait, the lyrics. You gotta wait to the very last part because he's sitting there and he's singing about soon we'll be married and have a family and have a little home in the country with two kids, maybe three, and you know. But it's just my imagination, just my imagination. And it finally gets to the very end, and he's like, "But she doesn't even know me." Oh yeah, mm. but it doesn't have to be a stalker. And that's why, that could be he's could be a planning his hallway. future. Well, he's p- planning his future wife that he may meet. No, he saw a woman and started fantasizing. Okay, okay. Let, let, let's back this up just a little bit here. Who, like maybe in high school, 
saw the really, really hot yeah, chick. Yeah. And you're thinking, like, we could get together. We could hook up. This right. We'd have a great life together. She has no idea I exist. I'm not stalking her. I no. see her from afar. That's, no, that's, but every that's, breath you take, I'm watching you. That yeah. is straight oh, up. can't you see you belong to me? <laughs> yeah. My poor heart aches every breath you take. Yeah. yeah. Come on. And, and you're talking about every girl I saw in high school. So. <laughs> <laughs> there are bushes named the Pitesmeyer that's bushes. Right. So. Oh, my. <laughs> but that album, Synchronicity, is one of the all-time greatest albums ever made. The, the police, police Goodness. album. I almost put two or three police songs on my list, but I, I just kept eliminating so, them. And... Yeah. So do you think the police were better or just Sting alone was? As as a collective group, I think they were at the peak of their powers together. Okay. Um, I saw an interview with Stuart Copeland, the drummer, not that long ago, and he, he would talk about the recording sessions. that said they were like knockdown, drag-out fights like brothers would do. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of fueled each other's energies and stuff. And if you hear what they did solo after it, Sting, I would say definitely is the most talented. Yeah. Songwriter, singer, musician, or whatever. But with those two other guys, he kind of, they kept him grounded, mm-hmm. and he brought them up, and I think as a collective. Yeah. Awesome. All right. The uh, number one single in 1984 was, you know what, Rob? You want to guess it? I'm going to guess Girls Just Want to Have Fun. No. Mm-mm. No, when doves cry by Prince. Mm-hmm. I sh- should have known. Yeah, I should have known. That. Should, yeah, that's why. I yeah, threw that, it that, that's the year I graduated high school. Oh wow! And I saw the Purple Rain movie probably five times in the movie theaters. Jet's eyes just Jet? got huge. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> oh, I graduated twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, we I, would go see Prince at the movie Bijou. I yeah. wasn't born yet. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Prince is talented, though, too. Like that dude could do it all when it oh, came yeah. to music. Uh, like, yeah. he no, he could. He was he can play every instrument. He wrote, produced, he did everything. Uh, and Big J here, he, he he doesn't like Prince at what what at, at all what but at all. It's like it's oh, like okay. Here, here's little what I, be, little be, red be, Corvette. Before you I defend will, yourself, I will jam little red Corvette. I don't like any other Prince songs. You have got to watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing with Jeff Lynne, Prince, and Tom Petty. Jeff Lynne starts playing Why My Guitar Gently Weeps. Tom Petty joins in. Then Prince comes out, owns it, throws his guitar straight up in the air, and it disappears. I'm thinking somebody's off stage. They caught it. But Tom Petty said he was just awestruck at how amazing of a guitar player he was. Because they're rehearsing and stuff, and he's playing and doing the thing. Live when it came down to it, crushed it. Yeah, and that yeah. that is one of the best live performances. Like ever. musically, Prince is he was heads and shoulders above everyone. He was amazing, like literally, and he kept going for decades. And he he just he just never stopped. He was a weird little dude. Well, he kind of did stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. We all have our moment. Yes, but I, I did I did get the chance to go tour his home last summer me and a buddy of mine went to minnesota and we's like hey let's go see prince's house yeah. so we get to tour through there and of course you can see the bedroom and all where prince's magic happened but we did get to go see like his studio studio there's these homemade mixing boards and things he would create just to make a certain sound and hmm. there are instruments that don't have names that's amazing. That he would make. That's so awesome. Like, that's like, the thing. Is love he, him or hate him, the yeah. dude was freaking talented. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he knew what he was doing. He was good at it. Interesting. All right. Uh, 1985, the number one single was Careless Whisper by mm. Wham! featuring George Michael. I love that song. Mm. 
actually, uh, there was a remake done by Seether, which actually did it justice. Yes. It was. It was I have shocking. Not heard that. Yeah, it's actually yes. pretty good. The original, you know, I was never a big fan of Wham, but but that song was kind of ushering in his solo career, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, the sax the saxophone, they they tried they auditioned like ninety different saxophone players. Ninety. Ninety. He he knew in his mind what sound he wanted. They could not find it, and I think it they found it at uh, some guy in Alabama. Hmm. Imagine having that power. Studio. Being like, no, I, I'm looking for the saxophone player. Like, with us to be like, no, we'll take anybody know how to play a sax. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, I'm gonna watch some YouTube videos and figure it out myself. <laughs> That's fine, I got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, 1986 number one single for the year was "That's What Friends Are For" by Dionne Warwick and Friends. <laughs> the worst song of the 80s. Oh, yeah. I don't God. like that song. No. Outside of Stevie Wonder's harmonica solo, that song's hot trash. Yeah, that was. Um, that and uh, We Are the World. I don't have a problem with I, We Are I the can't, World. It got overplayed back in the day. It's too pandering, though, too. That's the other thing. Like, it, like, they had an agenda. It was an agenda of the 80s. Let's uh-huh. be honest. It is what it is. It was good. I liked the song. It's fun. Which one? We Are the World. Oh, yeah. We Are the World. Yes, yeah. definitely. But that's what Friends Are For. Just, uh, Yes, did not like that song. It's no. so painful for me. Yes. <laughs> I got a buddy, his, uh, his, his high school class, it was their class song. Oh. And he... We were doing a podcast and we were talking about it, and he—you could see the veins in his neck popping out because he's—he's a, he's a music guy. And yeah. He's like That's the worst song of all time. Yeah, it's crazy. I think our class song. I graduated in '92. I think our class song was "End of the Road" by Boys to Men. Mm. That's a good song. That's mm-hmm. a great song. Yeah, you like it? <clears throat> Suck it. <clears throat> That's right. Because she doesn't like Boys to Men. Yeah, she thinks Boys to Men is garbage. Our our class song was "My Friends" by Eddie Money. Okay. No one's heard it. Great song. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Did you have a class song yet? I don't remember what it was. I know there was a couple we were tossing around, and they just—it was stupid, like "Hey Ya" by Outkast. I'm like, really? How was that? How was that a, a class song? That's stupid. Because right. but I, we had Polaroid pictures, but and we yeah, but them. but they wanted they wanted "Time of Your Life" by Green Day, and that was like everybody did it for ten years straight. So <laughs> yeah, had to cut it off somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Schnoz, did your class have a class song? I actually think it was "Don't Stop Believing." Oh, nice. Journey. Really? So, yeah. Journey. How was yours better? Okay, <laughs> how was yours the best? Was... <laughs> All right. Moving on. 1987 number one single, Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals. Mm. Never a fan of this one. No? No? No. Oh. no. It had a great sound, though. And that was It was different. I think that's why I really liked it. But it was it's repetitive, mm-hmm. and that's one of the downfalls. After you got about you know two minutes in, you're like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. But I, I like the sound of it. Okay, Susanna Hoffs. Gorgeous. Is that, Always loved her. Is that the little one? Yeah, she's the lead singer. <laughs> the yeah. little one. No, 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 because that's. Yeah, they're they're like, all like Amazon and she's like 5'2. Tiny one, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. she was hot. Yeah. So. And and that that song, again, I'm a teenager when these songs are out, so I'm listening to the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. They played that to death. Oh, I'm sure. Now, the did. Bengals were the Bengals, not the Cincinnati yes. Bengals. Hmm. The Bengals were a very good va- band, very talented. Yes. A lot, a lot of good music, of, but of not that song to yeah. me. Really? Um, so, when you were talking about you were a teenager in the 80s, I'm I'm kind of what you would call a tweener. Mm-hmm. You know, I was born in 74. I hit 16, 17, 18 in the early 90s. So, when I'm getting a car and listening to the radio and, you know, discovering music for myself, it's all 90s music is, you know, what I, I mean, I do, I grew up with 80s music, but it was mm-hmm. ever was playing in the background or if it was a movie soundtrack song. 
You know, other than that, I'm listening to whatever my parents listen to because I don't have control of the radio. So to do 80s music, to find songs that actually hit me, you know, or have a resonance with me is, mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. Yeah. I, well, I'm very similar. Like, I, I turned uh, 14 in 1980. So some of that late 70s music, you know, I wasn't like, a, I always listened to music, but, you know, I'm a teeny bopper. I'm a kid. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know anything. And so I look back now at some of that stuff and go, you know, there's some pretty good stuff that maybe I missed the first time around or didn't pay a ton of attention to. Yeah. But, like disco, like Ugh. disco. You know what? There, are, there are some good production and some disco yeah. songs. There Ugh. are some good disco songs I like. Steady Diet, it's Groovy no. Man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I turned fourteen. You're just jive talking. Yeah, I turned fourteen in two thousand. But the thing is, though, I was wow. I was surrounded by eighties music, and when I started driving, that's what I listened to. Because in the two thousands, the early two thousands, you were into it was rap was booming on the mm-hmm. um the radio and i and i knew all the rap as well but i'm like it, it's the same thing over and over i know you were down with some dc talk oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> i was a jesus freak um but of course <laughs> but it was it was one of those things where you know you get sick of hearing that and i i just 80s was what always hit me 80s 90s and also music was always on didn't matter where i was what i was yeah. doing i always had music yeah me too. Yeah, when Still I, to um, this day. Yeah, me too. Yeah, when I was 17, 18 years old, I had a job delivering pizzas. And I got tired of the repetition of top 40s on the radio all the time. So I went way back. And I started listening to oldies, like 50s, 50s and 60s. 60s, yeah. And all the doo-wop stuff. See, and, yeah. yeah. I grew up on that stuff because that's what my parents grew yeah. up on. So as I'm a kid, they're listening to oldies in mm-hmm. the 70s from you know, 10, 20 years before. And my earliest memories of that kind of stuff and 70s country too mm-hmm. oh not, yeah my not good so you know you know why i i probably i was in that happy little zone for my age where i was able to get as much music as possible because that was the beginning of napster and oh. the, <laughs> so the download so i had thousands upon thousands of songs and i would burn cds over, and I and I, I probably had 500 CDs of just different mixes that I would make. and so But then they started outlawing all of it. So mm-hmm. those after, you know, you weren't hitting radio, then you weren't getting anything. You had like Frostwire for a while and LimeWire and Lime some Wire, of those. LimeWire, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pirate Bay. And hey, you could download a whole song in about three hours. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and you know what? I would do it. I would cue it and then I'd go to bed. There's only 10 more left when you wake up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's, you know, but that, I think that's what helped me get more 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s music was because I could just, it was right there on my fingertips. Everybody yeah. put it well, right there for free. They weren't playing, on, playing that stuff on the radio anymore, right. and right. you didn't have to go buy it. Right. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Well, I think it's fascinating that you guys are talking about that because, like, you'll you'll even see that now. And I think I think of it kind of like a slingshot effect, where you have you have a certain genre of music, like the '80s. We have these top hits, but then you see like a 20 year period, it, it kind of dies away. There's this new genre of music that starts rising up: hip hop, pop, all that. And then all of a sudden, starting in probably the early 2000s, when you get that technology, it starts coming back. And it just it just rushes back because yeah. people find this awesome music, this mm-hmm. this genre that they haven't heard much before, and then that's it. It just takes over, kind of like bell bottoms. Now we're coming back. Yeah. All right. Uh, so in 1988, the number one single of 1988 was "Faith" by George Michael. Oh, hmm. yeah. George Michael's on here twice. Freedom's better. That album was huge. Mm-hmm. That was a huge album. I yeah. mean, that was when that came out. Everybody liked it. Yeah. Yep, and then uh, 1989, the last year of the 80s decade, Look Away by Chicago was the number one hit of the year. 
I love so, Chicago. That's a good song, man. I love right. Chicago. So um, what I thought we would do now is I'm going to go ahead and go through the lists of the songs that you guys have. So I figure we'll go youngest to oldest. So we'll start with Jet. Okay. And uh, we'll start with your list. What are your? These are five songs that each of us came with that basically made us think of the '80s. That I, that identify that we identify as what the '80s was all about. So, so and hits a note with us. Yeah. So I, I'm terrible at making lists. It's just not who I am. I'm. It's hard for me to rank them. It's hard for me to pick them. I had a really long list, and I had to cut it way down. And I thought six was cut enough, but I was cut down to five, and that's okay. Um, but my number one definitely sticks with my number one. I still listen to the song all the time. Um, it's it's Phil Collins, uh, In the Air Tonight. Um, that, that song just, it still rocks every generation. And I, I love actually watching YouTubers react. So ones that they've never heard the song before, they actually have them watch this and react to it. I love like, those videos. Right? And they're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, this song is phenomenal. And they're like, it's from 1981. They're like, what? No way. So, But yes, that's my number one for sure. All right. Funny enough, with this song, today, I listened to it again because I was like, I know I'm going to hear it tonight, but I wanted to hear the whole thing. I went and picked up my kid, and I, this song came on, and she was telling me a story, and it was just about when he was going to the, drop the beat right there. I literally put my finger up and said, wait. And she's like, <laughs> she like, why? I said, just wait. I said, no talking. And she was like, no talking. And then it happened. I started doing it in the car, and she was like, what is happening? <laughs> well, if you got, if this was a video podcast, you can see... Every guy in the room did the air drums <laughs> on that part. You yeah. know the part. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, a fun fact that I found out about that is that the most popular Miami Vice episode <laughs> was the episode where they dropped that, that drum solo in during the episode while they were like, driving. And that is by far because of that that it was made it the number one episode of Miami Vice. I was so I forget how long ago it was, but I was watching this video and it was this song over top of some dude recording his backyard. There was a deer, <laughs> there was a deer trying to fit through like this child slide, and it was perfect timing where the deer was like struggling to get through, and the drum solo just matched up. It was it, you had to see it. I think it's, I did see that one. Yeah, that is pretty funny. It was so, awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. It's iconic. It's wonderful. Yeah. Like it's that just song. It that's... just speaks to me, moves me. Still listen to it. And actually, there's like I guess there was like all these stories too surrounding why he wrote the song. And he went on an interview. Uh, Jimmy Fallon was it Jimmy Fallon he was on? And they were like, so I heard that you wrote the song because you saw some guy drowning, and uh, you did nothing, and so you wrote this and you're angst. And he was like, what? No. <laughs> no, that's not yeah. true. He's like, I was going through a divorce. A divorce, yeah. I was yeah. going through a divorce. I was, I was angry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I, I was angsty, but yeah. not because of that. It was, yeah. I was in a dark place, but for a different reason. Then. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. All yeah. right, so what else do you got? So uh, I also decided to go with different genres because I just I had to spread it out. Otherwise, I would have had a list of either just all rock or all Michael Jackson or something. So uh, my number two is going to be Chicago's You're the Inspiration.
Dude, seriously, Chicago gets it going, and and the, the key changes when they do mm-hmm. the key change. Oh man, steps it up a notch. Yeah, I actually had a, a friend in Indiana that uh, he was jacked, huge guy, and uh, he was in his early twenties, and he was talking about, yeah, I got banned at the gym from picking the music, <laughs> and I said, what what kind of garbage are you putting on? And he's like, uh, yeah, whenever I'm going to my bench, I put it on, and I. I hit Chicago, and when that key change happens, I'm like, yeah, and I'm just pumping. I'm like, what? And I was like, how much do you bench? He's like, 400 pounds, I'm benching to Chicago. And I'm like, whatever gets you going, man, that's what you got to do. I see why he was kicked. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was awesome. Love it. Yeah. So Chicago is the band that I have actually seen the most in concert. Really? Yeah, like three years in a row, Chicago was coming to Columbus and me and Handsome Chris and One L Will and PC Mike and that whole crew. That crew like Chicago? Yes. What? Yeah. We would all go and we would we would watch Chicago live. And that's that is I've seen that three years in a row. That's awesome. Yeah. So did they do a lot of the older stuff, like twenty five or six to four yeah, Saturdays in the park? They did a lot of the older stuff and yeah, you know. Good. But yeah, that's uh I, I love Chicago. Should, love them. So Chicago is kind of, it's a very unique band uh, in, in the sense of how they do their business. Like the guys in the band, it's, it's like a corporation and they've all, they all own shares in it. So these guys, they've got 401ks, retirement, just these things that the normal rock star would not do. And so, yeah. So they're smarter than the rest. Got it. <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> you, 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 yeah. Even alumni, Peter Cetera left the band, but he still gets dividends from the corporation mm, hmm. and you know sales whenever they do. Songs in concert he wrote and stuff. I mean, you know, that that publishing rights and things are different, but the way they handle their business is very Mm. unique. All right. All right. So uh, my number three is uh, Tears for Fears Shout. So 80s. (laughs) Got to have more cowbell. (laughs) Shout, shout. Come on, that that song gets people moving too. I don't mm-hmm. like it's. Uh, I don't know what the sound the sound of it is. Like the, Tears for Fears actually had some pretty good songs. Uh, I'm not gonna lie there, but that one also when it was remade, Disturbed redid their shout song called Shout 2000. Same same song, but a little harder. And it it's just it's phenomenal. It's, it's just like I actually have a buddy of mine that does DJing every weekend on um, on Twitch on the platform. And he does it live, and he remixes music. I swear he uses this song almost every time, and every time everybody's like, "Yeah!" It's because it's just so good. It just gets you going. Great song. So, so when I saw this on the uh, the sheet in front of me here, I thought it was a different song. I thought it was "Shout at the Devil" by Motley Crue, and I got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. super excited. Not this. No, this one's better. So yeah. uh, is it? Yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah, so, I, like, I like Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, songs from the Big Chair, the song, the album this was on. I bought this in the summer of 1985, and I probably wore out two or three cassettes of this <laughs> this album. And Shout was just, I mean, you know, you've got this nice system in your car, kind of like these headphones, like the, the music surrounding you. Right. Just awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah. So here's something fun. This is homework for all the listeners. There was a B-side to the song Shout. It was called Big Chair. So you can now get it on Spotify or, or your, um, Apple Music or wherever else. But what it actually is, it's just like a, a synth going over and over in drums. These guys aren't singing at all, but what the words 
of this song are basically quotes from the movie Sybil. So Sally Field will be saying like, I want to sit beside you in your big chair. Big chair. And it's so cool. Huh. Wow. So that's like EDM type? Is that... Yeah, I'm totally putting that in my Spotify right now because I will totally listen to that later because it's yes. interesting sounding. Well, yeah, the way home. Yeah, I just I just put yeah. that in there. So. Yeah, you guys be going what? Uh, that sounds awesome. So 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 the, the like the songs from the big chair is kind of about it, not not exactly. This is my memory talking here. It, it's sort of it, it's like therapy for um, people that are like mental or whatever. Hmm. But for people that are mental, <laughs> people that are mental, I'm just, I'm just trying. You know, so I see you will you love like, it. Yeah. I see why you like the song so much. So the movie Sybil, Sally Field plays a schizophrenic girl. So, huh? There you go. Hmm. All right, interesting, cool tip, very cool. Man, yeah. you have like all the little pieces of information. I'm just like, please tell me more. That's that's why he's I mean, Guru Rob. He runs honestly. an '80s podcast. I'm sorry, <laughs> you guys. I'm a nerd. No, I, I lived it. And I continue to, so I, I, I should have apologized in advance. I'm not trying to commenteer, no, commenteer no. anything. No, no, no. Delve it out. Just, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. For. It's yeah. awesome. Don't don't say that. You're gonna. No, I, I, I love it. I love it. It's great. It's yeah. wonderful. Uh, so my number four was Queen's Another One Bites the Dust. The reason this one hits me so hard is uh, my parents were not really into much rock. That was not what they did, but they liked Queen, and they said my first real introduction to a, a rock feel was this song, and they remember putting it on. I was about five years old, and the bass line came on, and they said I started just moving my hips. And they were like, what is happening? And I swear from that moment, I was like, this is phenomenal. But I, I do. I remember from that point on, too, I was like, this is great. And I would actually put on my, my mother's queen uh, record, and we would uh, have that going. And that was like what really introduced me even into some of the rock scene. And that Another One Bites the Dust just stuck with me. It was, it was so bad to the point of where I was invited to my cousin's uh, <laughs> wedding. And they loved Queen, and they had a playlist going for the wedding, and I was probably about 12, and I was like, put on another one, Bites the Dust! <laughs> and they were like, no, I don't think you understand what that means. I said, it's a rockin' song. They're like, this is a wedding? We're not gonna play that. <laughs> you guys are missing out. Right. Yeah. So, uh, those of you who know that song, uh, as you were listening to the replay, I mean, I had... I, I tried to keep all of these music snippets to 30 seconds. Mm. And That's so hard. I'm, I'm li- oh. listening to this song. It's like yeah. there's so many iconic parts to this song. How do you just – so I chopped the hell out of it. I, I could tell. I yeah. could tell. I was like, Steve <laughs> – yeah. no. Steve Rock wearily down the – what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't – no, where's the, where's the words? Where's the words? So, yeah, I, I wanted to get the gist of the song, but that intro is just legendary, mm. and you can't chop that out. Mm. So Okay, two great memories from that song for me. First of which, I'm a freshman in high school, just going into a brand new school, and that was the football team's theme song for the year. So every Friday, you know, in the in the commons area or the cafeteria, they're blaring this thing every single week. My favorite Queen album, some great songs on there, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, also on that album. But my favorite track on there is Dragon Attack. Hmm. So 
more homework, check out Dragon Attack by Queen. Kind of that same bassy Sounds feel. like an arcade game. L- little little <laughs> yeah. harder guitar in that one. Nice. So it, it may be the closest thing they ever did to metal. Yeah, so then my number five is uh, ACDC's Back in Black. can't put the whole song on I just there. I had like a little aneurysm I like, know right <laughs> I'm not okay I, I can't wait to hear what he does to my songs that he's never heard before <laughs> oh my goodness oh uh, yeah. yeah so it was funny because I, I really do feel like another one bites the dust from Queen was like the gateway drug to ACTC oh yeah <laughs> like kind of yeah it brought me to that point and I think for me the reason Back in Black was one of my top ones is because we actually played Back in Black in the locker room before we ran out of every game for football and when we would go out on the field, Back in Black was playing, and you were ready just to murder someone. <laughs> and I just want to point out that we were undefeated, and we were the champs that year. So Nice. Yeah. Well, it just shows you the power of a good song. The song's like 20 years old, or close to it at that point. Right, right. And uh, the fact that all these years later, you guys are running out to Back in Black. Right. So, again, I remember when the song was out. ACDC was already, their previous albums were... Were, were very popular when Back in Black came out. Just kind of put them over the top. And this was out about the same time another one, Bites of Dust, was out. Yeah. So you got to think 80s rock radio back then was amazing. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of good yeah. stuff. And you're, you're hearing like Judas Priest and some Black Sabbath and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it was uh, it was a good time to be listening to the radio. Yeah. Remember when music was good and they made it all by themselves? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No <laughs> auto-tune, no what? synthesizers, nothing. Well, it was the 80s. There were synthesizers. It's yeah. different. Uh, and cowbell. Some. <laughs> you gotta have, and, gotta and, have some cowbell. And gratuitous saxophone solos. You I had to have that. Fever and the only cure. Is cowbell. More cowbell. 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 All right. Who so just so. did that? Who just did that Christopher Walken? I did. That was really spot on. Thank you. I yeah. thought I was. I thought he was here. <laughs> very good. You thought Schnoz had a button. I did. I'm like, what the? <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, that was that was definitely. Those are my top five. Those are the ones for today. Um, if I'm sure I'll be listening to '80s fairly very soon, and I'll be like, oh no, I got to change it out. Oh, I missed one. <laughs> yeah, you're I got to change these out. You're gonna be listening to the yeah. podcast, going, I should have said this one. Yeah, and then and a couple honorable mentions. Um, I had every 80s michael jackson song on there because i am a huge michael jackson fan um everything billy jean was amazing uh that the bass line that was in there and then he did the moonwalk with it and then uh man in the mirror was always a huge one for me i loved that song thriller of course mm-hmm. you know set of precedence and that was probably what started my love of horror films and things like that with that video oh it was just amazing um and then uh genesis is land of confusion uh, dude, I, I great video, weird video. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's weird, but it's it's phenomenal. Another one, Disturbed did uh, cover was Land of Confusion as well, yeah. and that's a really good one. Too. Actually, the history of that uh, that video that actually started a TV show called DC Talk, and it you was sure that's what it was called. I think it was called DC Talk. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and slide in a correction here. The TV show that I was thinking of was called DC Follies, not DC Talk. But it was called DC Follies, and it actually ran from 1987 to 1989. It had 44 episodes. 
and they had all of these uh, political figures in those caricature puppets hmm. doing skits and everything. And it was hmm. because of that video, and everybody loved the video and the animation in it and everything. Wasn't that awesome. Sid and Marty Croft that did the video? I don't Who know. Who did like H.R. Puffin stuff and yeah, some probably, stuff in the 70s? Yeah. He was Puffin something. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a very, very like political yes, type it was. cartoon. Well, it was a very political show. Oh, the show. And okay. they had all, but it was, it was all those puppets and it mm. gave rise to that show. Mm. Only lasted like a season, I think. But So what I wanted to do is, uh, because Eli, unfortunately, isn't able to be here, but we do have her music queued up. So I thought we would go through her songs and uh, see what we should, thought. Should we try to guess what they are? Oh, you're not going to guess. So them, don't say what me. they are. Oh, but if you if you play the music first, yeah, all right. and then we'll go ahead and try to see. Maybe, maybe. Well, that's that's not going to be because I cut them so that they would actually have the court, the name, the title, and the that chorus. May not so. help. You well, you know, we, we can still guess the artist. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 something. Right. Something got like a game show here. Right. Something some. for Eli. Come you'll, on, you'll probably get like a few of them. Well, probably all of them. The first one kind of threw me off. All right, so go ahead, uh, Shnaz, hit up uh, Eli's number one song. I have no idea what the title of that song would be. It's either yeah. Lover or Lava. I don't yeah, know. It's, <laughs> it's it's Lover. And uh, yeah, that's the longest 30 seconds of my life. You know, it's sad that she can't be here to defend herself because I'm really curious the story behind why that's her number one. Yeah. And the, based well, on the confusion between your guys' face makes me even more confused. I had it, never it, heard of this yeah. song it, before. It, is she from the Cleveland area originally? No. no. Really? Because I know that is an Ohio song. Oh. Yeah, Michael Stanley Band. Yeah, Michael Stanley yeah. Band. And How did you know that? They because he's I, Guru okay, Rob. That's sure. why you're missing the point. Well, guru. So, so okay. The <laughs> not, only, the not only guru reason from the Despicable only Me. reason <laughs> that I know that song is because about two weeks ago I was looking up some Michael Stanley Band music and ran across that On one. Purpose? I'm like, yeah. It's about okay. forty they, years too late, but okay. You, you know what? It, like she can't love you was a big MTV hit. This town was a, was another hit. You know, they had a couple hit singles. And so I'm thinking, oh, you know, they're kind of a good, they're a good band. So I'm just looking for stuff, and uh, ran across that one. Not a fan. No, but the uh, 30 seconds was enough for me. Yeah, it was enough. Like, uh-huh. okay, you can stop yeah. now. Good so, job, Eli. So as we uh, as as we learned, uh, in, Eli's in my situation. She's a year younger than me. Actually, nine months younger than me. So she's a tweener also. She came into her home in the 90s and fell into the grunge scene hard, yes. which we learned about in our chewing the music grunge episode. So. You're going to see that kind of a theme where she's like trying to find grunge in the 80s. Okay. And her other songs. So, all right, hit me with number two. (laughs) Yeah, this is grunge. Yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. I'm forever yours. Every time I hear this song, the only thing I can think of is that animated DreamWorks movie, Rio. Why? Is that in there? Is it in yeah. There? Really? That's about the two parrots. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen it. My mm-hmm. kids He's like trying to woo that. the other parrots singing her this song. Okay. Mm. 
Right. So I think of two things when I hear this song. For one, it's on the Frontiers album, which is phenomenal. But the video has Steve Perry, the lead singer, with a mustache. It looks what? really weird, and he shaves it off during the video. That's weird. And you know, it shows them in concert on the road and all that other kind of stuff. That that kind of that takes me back to that time. All right. So uh, her number three song. That was uh, the Violent Femmes from 1983. And I another didn't... song about masturbation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I... Oh, don't ruin the song for me. Yeah, just listen, yeah. To, the <laughs> just listen to the words. Uh, well, I can't understand everything he says, but that's okay. No. Yeah, it's it's a it's an odd song. Honestly, I... I know, it's I bizarre. Didn't, I didn't like... know that was from 83. I didn't realize it was that old. I, I thought, thought it, that was a 90s A bunch of sexually songs. frustrated people. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I seriously thought that was a '90s song. I thought it was too. Actually. Like, like when she when I, she put it on her list, I googled it and I was like, "This this can't be an '80s song." Well, here's a fun fun fact about this song. I never heard this song at any point when it was out. I finally heard it during the movie Gross Point Blank with John Cusack. So I'm like, "Oh, this is a cool song." And again, I thought, you know, this was like '97. This movie came out. I'm like, oh, it's, I have to check this song out. Mm-hmm. 1983. Yeah. What? I did read a write-up on that, is that, you know, that movie actually did bring this back into the forefront and, you know, popularized it, so. All right. Good pick, Eli. Yeah. That was a good one, yes. I'll give you yeah. that. Actually, the the second one was a good pick, too. She has, yeah, she has some good picks. The first one, I don't know what happened, but okay. <laughs> now, I, I actually. It's out of order, right? Yeah. I actually, I actually really like number four uh, that she had, so. It's Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bengals. Proof that they I, did have good music. Yeah, they did. They I did. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Oh, yeah, that's which shocks actually, me. That's actually a Simon and Garfunkel remake. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fun fact, they recorded the song before they had permission, sent it to Paul Simon, who actually wrote the song, and said, we will not release this without your permission. He absolutely loved it, said, please, it's all yours. That's respectable. Do it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, And it was also in the Less Than Zero soundtrack. Yes, that was actually uh, their Less Than Zero album is what it's from. It's from a movie uh, about yuppies in the 80s who were drug addicted. <laughs> Robert great. Downey Jr. plays a drug addict. Go well, shocker. <laughs> That's why he's an actor. You mean <laughs> Iron Man? He's Iron such a Man. good person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of that, I was going to mention that uh, Iron Man actually brought your Back in Black song back to the forefront. Yes, he yeah. did. And yeah. yes. the first yeah. Iron Man movie, yeah. Phase That's One. true. Yeah. So, all right, that was a really good pick. That I've always liked that song. That's that's just like a, it's got a real driving beat, and I, I like that. All right, and uh, her number five song.
That was I Remember You by Skid Row. Man, I wish she was here so she could like tell the reasoning behind these picks. Like they, I, I, I can only imagine she has such stories to tell behind these songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, you can definitely see the gateway into grunge. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes, for this, sure. This was hair band marrying grunge yes. at this period. Probably eighty nine. Eighty nine is when it came yeah. out. Yeah. So it, you're hearing a lot of both of these being yeah. played on the radio, and Skid Row actually fell into that hair band category, but they were a rock and roll band. They yeah. mm-hmm. they were un unjustly categorized that way and some of their later albums were straight up grunge yeah all right so there you go that's uh those are eli's picks and unfortunately she wasn't here uh to defend herself or justify her rationale but you know so it's, it's all- good to see a little glimpse into eli's mind so two through five well done <laughs> two through five. <laughs> <laughs> well no it was actually uh two three and five because you oh. never heard of four well and- you guys said it was if, if it's from the bang the bangles it's, but you did know. you like the sound i did i did yeah. actually i'll probably go back and listen to it seriously so yeah it was it was probably one of my favorite bangles yeah songs i was i saw her list and i was like oh i almost got that one. So, <laughs> but uh it was funny because you on the group chat you and her were. She had actually offered you twenty dollars if you could guess what her song, one of her songs, and you were so close on one of them I that know. you almost guessed it. I, I and there was a there was one that she said I didn't realize that was from the eighties. I thought it was the nineties, and I'm like, come on, <laughs> you would have put that on your list. That counts, right? I need that twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's taking Maybe you out for hot shoes. cocoa. Well, yeah, that's what she says. So, yeah. I, I expected it to. And she gets concussed. She yeah. fell on purpose so she didn't have to give me hot chocolate. Oh no, no, she's not going to bring you hot chocolate. She's going to take you to Bob Evans and give you their famous hot chocolate or TJ's. No, Bob Evans is the only. She says it's the best hot yeah. chocolate. Lily's is better. She says it's the best. She's she a. Says she Lily's says she's a connoisseur. She says she's a connoisseur. We'll see. Whatever. We'll see. Maybe she'll make you a marshmallow too. Yeah, homemade, homemade marshmallow. But what is she doing now? What is she doing now? Sleeping. She's sitting in the dark with <laughs> sunglasses on. I hope you're okay. <laughs> I want to sit beside you in your big chair. <laughs> big chair. Oh, my gosh. So she's Sybil. So she's yeah, got it. She's got a mental health problem right now. <laughs> she's like mental and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the number one albums of the 1980s for every year. So and uh, in 1980, The Wall by Pink Floyd was the number one selling album, mm. and it was on the charts for 15 weeks. Actually, a song on that album is was one of the first songs I learned on guitar for um, how to finger pick, how to actually you know play. It was um, Is there anyone out there? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah that one. A great song. There, yeah, there's no no lyrics except for like a little bit of just harmonizing, but mm-hmm. just the guitar part is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. All right. Uh, 1981, High Infidelity by REO Speedwagon was mm-hmm. the number one song. Album Loved of, that album. That was on. That was that ran for 15 weeks. Also, I actually bought that that album. Like it's one of the first albums I plucked down actual money for. Used to buying singles, 45s. Mm-hmm. Bought the the actual album of that one. Loved it. Yeah. There's a song on there called so Tough wait, Guys. Wait, wait a minute. Wait yes. A minute. Okay. So Schnoz, a 45. <laughs> I know. I have a record player. <laughs> So there's a song on there called Tough Guys. The very beginning of it, there's Spanky and Alfalfa. A little banter back and forth. Mm. So you'll have to listen to that one. Tough nice. Guys by REO Speedwagon. I probably won't because I don't like REO Speedwagon. You'll no? Like, you'll like this song. It's rocking. Yeah? It's, it's, okay. it's not like you know some of their mushier love songs. but Yeah. But, but you like mushy love songs too. So. No. just I, I, and It's just something about their, their sound. Hmm. I don't like the lead singer's voice. That's fair. So. All right. Uh, in 1982, Business as Usual by Men at Work was the number one album of the year. 
ran for 15 weeks also. Did not realize that was a number one album that year, but it was a great one. I bought the cassette. Hmm. It, was, it was the first cassette I ever bought, you know, pre-recorded cassette because I was now driving. Oh, okay. So I started buying tapes. Yeah. Mm. So I bought it at Gold Circle and yeah. popped it right in the tape. Yeah, <laughs> Gold Circle. Gold Holy Circle. Crap. Southland Mall, man. Gee. Popped that thing in there, and that's that was magic. I love those. I, I love every song on that album. Yeah. I love Gold Circle. All right. Uh, 1983, number one album of the year. Anybody want to take a guess? Thriller. No. I'm no. just kidding. It was Thriller. <laughs> was <gonna> say, what? <laughs> thriller. It was actually the number one of the entire decade. Uh, it ran for 37 weeks. Oh, yeah. I believe that. Number one for 37 weeks. Fun right. fact about Thriller. I mean, many fun facts about Thriller, but uh-huh. one of the things that, that really kind of made it run that long was it was just starting to wane off. You know, albums come and go, and they peak, and they dip, and once they finally dip, they're gone. When the Thriller video mm-hmm. came out, mm-hmm. it shot it back up again, and so interest stayed well beyond that. So. Yeah. So that video helped that album. Oh, tremendously. My mom actually has the Thriller album still. My mother does too. Yeah. yeah. Is it an original pressing from back then? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very valuable. Bought a brand new. Yeah. Very valuable. And right very now. well taken care of because it's in, she has one of those, like the stereo consoles where you like lift the lid oh, and it's got yeah. two speakers yeah. on the side. Mm-hmm. All she's got now, it's got like 7,000 photo frames on top of it. <laughs> it's really just a table. So if you take, I don't know, 75 photos off, yeah. you can lift the lid and there's a record player down in there and an eight track oh, player. Yeah. Vinny and Patty had that. And then um, you had uh, a little slot for all of the albums. And it's she's got like Dr. Shivago and uh, My Pete's Dragon is in there. Wow. Probably a couple of my He-Man listen-along records are in there. <laughs> Any kind of record we had, we put it in there, and that's where... And Thriller. thriller. And Thriller. Nice. Yeah. My mom had a very eclectic... Like, you know, I was talking about, you know, I listened to my parents' music until I was old enough. So with my mom, I listened to, like, Thriller. I listened to Barry Manilow. Ooh. A lot of Broadway. Mm. Uh, and Well, my grandmother was a Broadway actress, so that was big oh, in our that's family. Cool. And a lot of Broadway and... Earth, Wind, and Fire. Nice. Yeah. So, because there's Earth, Wind, and Fire albums in there, mm-hmm. too. And, uh, yeah. Those, so Those are good ones. So yeah. she, but, you know, on my dad's side, I had the Beach Boys and Conway Twitty and George Jones Conway and the Statler Tw- Brothers. Welcome and... to my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Conway Twitty's terrible. For the younger listeners, more than likely, the only way they know Conway Twitty at all is because family it was a guy. Family Ron, guy. Ron long-running Family Guy joke where it started with a little clip to where they ended up with like a five-minute segment of Conway Twitty. No kidding. Now, Mr. Conway Twitty. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. My like, aunt was a huge Conway Twitty fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like uh, Austin Powers introducing Burke Bacharach. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, 1984. The number one album of all of 1984 was Purple Rain by Prince and the Revolution. Oh, shocking. Yeah. It ran for 24 weeks at number one, and it was the number two album of the year, of the decade. Yeah, it's because Prince is phenomenal. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Moving on. 1985. This I thought was kind of interesting. 1985, the number one album was the Miami Vice soundtrack. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Number one selling album. (laughs) Number one selling album of 1985 was the Miami Vice soundtrack. Okay. It was number one for 11 weeks. What's what's on that soundtrack? Um, yeah, what is on that soundtrack? I mean, under the Miami Vice theme, the Miami Vice theme song. Probably that. What's the one? um, Shakedown. Isn't, isn't that yeah, Bob Seger. Bob Seger, yeah. 
Now everybody's Googling it. Yeah, that's <laughs> very weird to me. So I'm not seeing an official soundtrack on Spotify, but they have the Miami Vice original soundtrack. Someone made a playlist, so it may have some of the songs, but it's in the air tonight's on there, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Miami Vice theme, Interesting. Better, Better Be Good to Me by Tina Turner. Oh yeah, that's a good song. Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry. Yeah, that's that's a great song. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. You so, belong to the city by Glenn Fry is also uh-huh. on there. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah I so, remember that. Well, that, that would make sense then. Yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. That's still though. That's the number one album of the year. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I really wasn't listening to the top forty back then, so I would have guessed it would have been like like a virgin. It mm-hmm. would have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, actually one thing that surprised me was that Michael Jackson had no number one singles in the whole decade. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. The Thriller. Billy, no, no, no. Billy singles. Jean. Billy Jean was number no, one. No, because remember, I read the list of what was the highest. Oh, I mean, year in number one singles. Yeah, it was the number oh. one singles of each year. Oh, I thought you were talking about like no number one singles. Right, oh, no, no, that's no, what no, I was no, confused no. too. Yeah. No, okay, what I'm saying gotcha. is like he didn't top. He was ne- he's never the song of the year. Yeah. 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 That that actually surprised me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it, it, again, it comes down to you got that one song, like Every Breath You Take. There was no denying that song, because I think Billie Jean was number two song of that year. So you get songs like that come along. Mm-hmm. Okay. Case. All right. Um, 1986, the number one album of 1986 was Whitney Houston. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, her nice. self-titled... Want to Dance with Someone? It's just Whitney Probably. Houston. It's her first... It's her debut album. It's her debut. So, yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, that ran for 14 weeks. It was number one for 14 weeks. The girl I was dating at the time... Was a huge Bon Jovi fan, Ugh. but she also had that Whitney Houston cassette that I had to listen to in my car. <laughs> the Bon Jovi I could tolerate. See, I love Whitney Houston. Yeah. I would throw Bon Jovi out of a car. Yeah, <laughs> really. I can't stand Bon Jovi. What? There's, there's one Bon Jovi song that I just love. Living on a prayer. No, I hate that song. Oh. Runaway. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it is. Mm. Oh, that's my favorite Bon Jovi song for sure. But. Well, actually, I guess there's a couple. There's a, there's a few of his that like, all right, I, I'm like rolling through my head. There's a few of them <laughs> that okay, are like, not that but overall, Bon Jovi, not a huge fan. Whitney Houston, I would choose Whitney Houston music over Bon Jovi, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would. Man, I would. those are strong that, words. Right? I would. I would. All right, 1987, uh, the number one album again was the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Okay. And it was yeah. actually, does not surprise me. It was yeah. actually the number three album of the decade. I believe that, actually. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was uh, number one for 18 weeks. It was huge. It was an independent film that unexpectedly took off, and it was just full of of a, a couple studio things and then a bunch of oldies. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Swayze was just a delight. Yeah, he was <laughs> just a dish. So here's something I found out recently that surprised me. So you know, she's like the wind mm-hmm. was originally supposed to be used in either Red Dawn or The Outsiders, but they decided not to use it. Mm-hmm. So they used it for Dirty Dancing. Hmm. I don't see how that would fit in Red Dawn. Oh, I have no idea. Unless it was like maybe in the background during, you know, like they're going down the street and a radio's playing. Like, I, yeah. I, it, it fits nowhere in that movie. No, it goes better. Things up. It definitely goes better in Dirty Dancing, that's for sure. Yeah. So uh, in 1988, the number one album was Faith by George Michael. Yeah. yeah. And it ran for 12 weeks. And it probably would have dominated more and ran longer, but Dirty Dancing actually overlapped from 87 to 88 and for half the year of 88 it was still dirty dancing mm. and then george yeah. michael came on the scene and I, I think i think the faith album wasn't released till the spring or early summer of that year 
So yeah. that explains a ton. It's because uh-huh. nobody puts yeah. baby in a corner. <laughs> That's right. Baby <laughs> refused to be put in that corner. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the 1980, <laughs> this cracked me up, number one selling album of 1989, Girl You Know It's True by Millie Vanilli. Yes. <laughs> yes. Number one for eight weeks. Really? That that hmm. was a, it was a huge album back gigantic. then, and, and no they, one had any idea those two pretty boys were not actually were singing not until it. they got. It caught. had never been not done but, before. <sighs> Even though their voices do not match their faces no. whatsoever, no. we didn't know it was the eighties. I don't understand yeah. what the. I mean, you know, the thing is that has happened so many times after Millie Vanilli, and people have not cared as much. Like that was the first one where they were well, majorly caught and like, if you prosecuted well, and hated and. Hate mail and... Yeah, they rip their Grammy away from them yeah, and everything. Like, but, yeah. I mean, it's happened, but it happens at, like, concerts, you know, and, right. and like, during live shows and, and things like that. This wasn't... They weren't, like, perpetrating... It's the, got... What so, about the I've Got the Power Lady? I've got the power. That was the other, like, oh, that was yeah, the other the one. Oh, yeah, thin, from, slim thing, but it's really a heavy set no, lady like, doing CNC yeah. Music Factory. We talked about that in 91. That was the only other time that it happened where they were... It's happened more. But here, here's, here's... It happened, here's like, two could, years ago for New Year's. For the New Year's ball oh, drop. was it Mariah Carey? Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, but see, that's Mariah it Carey was lip syncing to her own songs. Right. Yeah. With Millie Vanilli, it was two completely different actors, yeah. or two completely singers, and these guys were just actors. Here's what I could never understand. When they took the Grammy from the guys we know as Millie Vanilli, why wouldn't they have just given those Grammys to the actual singers? Who to was the runners-up? Oh, a couple to- middle-aged guys. Just for a singer. A couple of white just, guys. Just, they just weren't like the photogenic rock star looking guys. Yeah. Just a couple of dudes. Yeah. Or so. they should have at least gone to the runner up. It was obviously genius. Yeah. Like the way it worked out, they knew what would sell. I'm going to tell you what. I mean, they were all over MTV. They're marketing to yeah. that crowd. They had that look. They had the, like, that sound mm-hmm. was very late 80s. Mm-hmm. New Jack Swing, whatever. Techno pop. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was everywhere. I didn't like it, but a lot of people did. Hey, I'm not a big Millie Vanilli person either, though. So yeah, man. yeah. All right. So I, um, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll go over my songs that I have on my list, and um, yeah, this is a this is a very '80s list, very '80s. Because I would hope so. I know, right? Yeah, yeah no, but I mean, like, as it should be. Yeah, I tried to stay away from like the the chart toppers and this, you know, the standards. Like, I didn't. I was actually really surprised that nobody had like "Take on Me" by Aha. Or Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. I mean, like, the ones that you just know are 80s songs. So I'm really liking the list so far because it's very um, Not off-chart and a very eclectic, <clears throat> Eli. And um, <laughs> Wow. Not even Zing. here to defend herself. Yeah. Uh, he she was just clearing his throat. She couldn't defend herself if she was here. That's true. So, all right. So go ahead and uh, hit me with number one. Jet, you're going to like this one. Are you kidding me right now? Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Yes. So that was Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bengals, obviously, uh, from 1986. Um, this actually was the first MTV music video I saw. 
because in its entirety. Yes, where I got to see it, and the the little short girl was hot. Like oh, when yeah, they absolutely. when they have it like on her face, and she sings that first walk like an Egyptian, and she cocks her eyes to the side, and then she says oh, it again. Oh, she's left, right, left yeah, again. Yeah, just oh, I just melted she, as a beautiful kid. Beautiful eyes. Yeah, and so we dated for a while in the eighties. She didn't really know, but she we didn't did. know it. <laughs> we did. Yeah, see, and it wasn't stalking. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not at all. But um. So this, I mean, this was the first MTV video that I saw, and it, you know, blew my mind. He had the, the, you know, all the different people where they're cutting to actual people walking like Egyptians, and I'm a kid. I'm thinking it's funny, so that's why it had a it had a soft spot in my heart. Huge song, huge song. Obviously, it was the probably the number one song for the Bengals. I think the reason I I'm not a fan of that song is because it was played so much. But the thing is, when you see, you keep you keep saying that it's played so much, and the thing is. I agree. At the time, you're like, okay, I want to vomit because I've heard it for the 30th mm-hmm. time in a week. But there's a reason they're played that often. It's because they're, they're good. And, I, you know, I, you, sometimes it takes because girls Because girls listen to the radio, too. And they, yeah. and they want it. And th- But that's the thing is you, you, you need, when you take time to back up away from the music for a little bit and go back to it, I think it gives you some time to appreciate what's mm-hmm. happening. So what would you say now to that song, even though it, you've had some time? Uh, well, see, here's the thing. It, I still find it overplayed because I'll listen to like 80s on 8 on Sirius XM. Okay. And yeah. it's still in heavy rotation like oh, that yeah. and Come On Eileen, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That's true. Uh, some of those songs, yeah. they still... It's so like, you just can't get like, away get from Get a little it. deeper. Yeah. Get a little, you know. Yeah. Again, the deeper audience probably wouldn't be tuning into that station anyway. So you know, they're giving the people what they want. You're yeah, right. That's fair. You're like, feeding. as a song, it's not terrible if I were to go back and listen to it for the first time, but... I think it's because I'm so desensitized to mm-hmm. that song. That That's fair. It yeah. probably doesn't just doesn't hang on to me. I gotcha. That makes sense. You just you just can't get away from it, right? Yeah. Well, especially if you're really like you said, if you're diving into '80s music often, that song is definitely going to be played. You're, you're going to hear it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Schnaz, what's what's your thoughts on that song? Since it is a, a heavy rotation. It's an '80s song. I don't know what to tell you. Do you know Have that? You ever one? heard it? Yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard it. <laughs> what? The only reason I know that song is from Just Dance on the Wii. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you know what? You heard it. You heard it? Yeah. And so I got, I got to know, when you do the Wii Just Dance, do you have to walk like an yeah. Egyptian? Okay. Yeah. With, with your arms, you know. Yeah. Not, yeah, okay. You can't yeah. not do that. Right. That's kind of the whole point of it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. the fun part. All right. So hit me with number two. Yeah, that's Electric Blue by Ice House from 1987. And man, I tell you what, I can't listen to that song without getting just mentally transported back into the 80s. That's a great song. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, when I started playing, I was like, you know what? I could definitely see this being like your song for sure. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. mm -hmm, That works. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? No, no, no. I love that song. It's a great song. song. But just hearing it, I'm like, I looked at you and I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. To to me, it was really cool hearing this song on the radio because Ice House had had a couple songs that were played on MTV back in the day, but it's like early MTV, 
not a lot of videos in the catalog. So you see a band like Ice House. I think they're from Australia or New mm-hmm. Zealand or something. So it's like, oh, you know, you end up liking them. And then you hear this song being played on mainstream radio and becoming a huge hit. It's like, well, good for those guys. Yeah. And I've always, I've always, I never got tired of that song. Good on you, mate. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. And uh, number three. Yes, If You Leave by OMD, also known as Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, from 1980, what does that say? 1986. From the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Yes, the big prom scene at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a movie I've never seen, so. It's not great. Yeah, Uh, And the movie isn't great. That scene is, is, you know, formulaic as it is when that music, that song's playing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, So OMD was a band that before this movie... They had a very successful career in the UK, and they're just starting to get a little bit of traction here in the US. And I bought an album of theirs called Crush. Outstanding album. And then again, you start seeing them kind of climb a little bit. And then this song comes out, just like Ice House. It's like, yes, this band that I've been into for a little bit here is getting some success. And then The Pacific Age was the album that released after that. Side A, the first five or six songs are great. Side B could be throwaways. It just <laughs> sounds like they're just experimenting with instruments. But very, very, very cool, very cool song. Yeah. Good yeah. band. Let me let me bring that back though. Pretty in Pink was not for usually the boys, the girls of all the '80s and the early '90s. Yes, they probably love Pretty in Pink. But as a dude, you're like, okay, you know, no one cares. But for the girls, I know like. They scream and rave about that. I mean, that I, one, so. I know it's a John Hughes. I know it's Molly yeah. Ringwald and, yeah. and Ducky mm-hmm. and, you know, the whole nine yards. All right. Uh, my number four song, Hit It Schnoz. Ninety-nine red balloons, or ninety-nine Luft balloons, if you're a German aficionado. Uh, that's from Nina in 1983, and um, we there was actually uh, some discussion in this in the group chat when we were talking about songs for the show. And someone had mentioned the song, and I was like, "Oh crap, I got to change my list." You changed your list after I, I put it in the chat. Yeah, ah, I did because it is power a, of influence. No, it is a it is a song. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, you know," and again, mentally just. Mule kicked me back into the eighties, and I was like, "Okay." I think I think I like the German version better. Yeah, I do. I don't I have no clue. I, I imagine they're saying the same things. Well, probably the same. translated but. a little bit. It's yeah. the, the German version is a little darker. Okay. Yeah. I just I I don't know. I just always liked this original sound with the the German. Yeah. Sound is so much cooler. So. Yeah. Well, the thing that I've liked about the song is you know in the eighties you had the Red Scare and you had the nuclear threat and the Cold War was going on. And this song is a direct product of that. 
It's about her and her little brother go and they buy 99 red balloons and let them go. And it actually comes up as a blip on like NORAD and they think it's an incoming missile. So all of these people scramble and they start shooting missiles at each other because they thought that the balloons were actually an incoming missile. And the world is now devastated. It's a nuclear wasteland and and her brother died, you know, in the process. And so she's got like one balloon left and she's like, I think of you when I let it go. And so it's it's actually like... It's a heavy song. It's a really heavy song. But well, you ruined that for me. Thanks. <laughs> Which is funny because the music is so upbeat and it heavy, is. and it you're is. thinking, you know, they're all happy and bouncing around. Like, yeah, no, it's about nuclear fallout. And yeah, disaster. it's about global thermonuclear yeah. war. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. All right, number five. As West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys from 1984. That's a great song. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think that was probably one of my first, like, forays outside of my parents' music. Because I think, like, my babysitter was listening to it or something. And it was like, oh, wow, what is this? This is weird. This is crazy. And so, again, when I listen to it, it takes me right back. Yeah, so I had uh, I had I did have some uh, honorable mentions. I had uh, Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Oh yeah, yeah. great song. And uh, we built this city by Starship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. like that song. That's like considered the worst song of all time. I, it is. I like it. I, I don't. Love I don't it. even care. Yeah, I even like the the I'll radio. I'll fight you if you disagree with me. I always liked when like the radio DJ part, and it was always your local radio station was doing their version of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's our station in the song. You know, <laughs> and uh, Once Upon a Time by the Moody Blues. Once That's, upon a time, yeah. Once upon a oh, time. it's called wildest dream. It's called wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. So wildest dreams by the Moody Blues, which I always thought, I always swore that was a soundtrack song, but it was in some movie, but it never was. Sounds like it could have been. It could have been, yeah. And uh, centerfold by Jay Giles Band. Okay, yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was the uh, my dad and I would go to the roller rink and we would roller skate to that song. My wife, and my loves dad that loved song. it. My, my dad, my wife loves that song. I don't know why. Yeah, she hears that and she's like, oh, "I love this." And I'm like, yeah. "Really, Centerfold? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what that's about? <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what the word Centerfold means?" <laughs> yeah. So those are those were my songs of the 1980s that had nostalgia all just smeared all over them. Yeah, yeah. Good picks. Good picks. So, all right. So I think uh, we'll just go ahead and wrap this up with Rob's list. This will be right. a rather interesting list. As, as uh, He as is the guru. Teach you us. are the guru. Yeah. And Teach us a wise know, one. It would be <sighs> interesting to hear what your songs are. So my songs are ones that typically may have peaked in the top may have peaked in the top 15 or so. Not really. Maybe necessarily top 5, top 10 songs. And these aren't ones that you're hearing even still on the 80s stations or if you do like an 80s mix on Spotify or something. These aren't songs that necessarily come up, which helps me get transported back in time a little easier. So if I hear something that is unique to that era that's not played every single day, it's easier for me to associate with those times versus, oh, my gosh, this is the 15th time today I've had to hear girls just want to have fun. Yeah. No thanks. By the way, love Cindy Lauper. Love that song. 
but it is played a lot. It is. So it is. Okay, so um, Mr. DJ. <laughs> That's my jam. All right, what was that? That, that was, was that was Stone in Love by Journey. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you sh- should have seen Rob while this was. Oh playing. man, he I, was he was like a one man band. He's playing I, the bass, he's doing air the guitar, drums. the synthesizers, yeah. and that. So this is from the uh, Escape album. Like everybody knows, faithfully in open arms and don't stop believing. This song here, uh, I remember buying this album. Remember Columbia Record and Tapes. Mm-hmm. You get 14 albums for a penny or whatever. Yep. This yeah, is one of my 14. Are they still, <laughs> we still want our money from 1981. Yeah. So my first foray into that thing, this is one of the albums I got. And, mm. uh, I, you know, I had heard probably Open Arms and Don't Stop Believing at this point on the radio. When this song came on, it just grabbed me. Interesting. Th- that's nice. the one that grabbed you. That's, well, because I had never heard it before. Yeah. Like these other ones I was familiar yeah. with. And yeah. at this point... I'm coming into my own musically, mm-hmm. looking for new stuff. So when this song comes out, I mean, if you the lyrics of the song is about a guy falls in love with a girl, they're hanging out in the summertime. Like this song, just just you take a wet rag of '80s, just drip it and wring it out, man. <laughs> this this song's it. Yeah, and I've heard that song. So, but you're right, that's not one you would hear. I've never heard that. Song. You've never heard that. Never song? heard it. Well, I've, I've gone really schnoz. You hadn't yeah. heard it. Nope. I, I've I've gone through though and listened to the the Journey albums though, and so so yeah, love that song. Yeah. Great band, great album, great time frame, time all period. Right. So. What you got next? So that was Ain't Even Done With a Night by then known as John Cougar. So John Cougar became John Cougar Mellencamp, became John Mellencamp. We know Hurt So Good and Jack and Diane and Rumble Seat and Scarecrow and all that other stuff. But before before Jack and Diane, before Hurt So Good, this song came out 1980, confession time, okay? <laughs> so in the 80s, we made mixtapes. Right. And whenever I'd date a girl, she'd get a mixtape. Mm. Usually love songs, little romantic stuff. Stuff you hear it, you know, at the school dances and the all, you know, the, the moonlight skate at the skating rink. This song, always the last song of the tape. Ain't even done with a night. <laughs> wow. That's, that's poetic. And that's right. He's a romantic. <laughs> or the end of side one. That's right. You flip it over and yeah. Yeah, night's still fair. going on. Yeah, because Schnoz, when you have a cassette No, tape, I got it. Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have never heard that one. That's not. But I recognized the voice, and I was like, what the crap? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this stuff? Yeah. What's he doing okay. to us? I thought he had a little ditty about Jack and that. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is another. John Cougar, or John Mellencamp, one of the best American songwriters. Um, this album here. Nothing matters. What if it did? That's a great album. All right. What's next? Good times, hard 
Everybody knows you too. That's um, some really early U2. Yes. That is that's from their first album. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Boy. So early MTV, again we mentioned earlier, they were scrapping to get videos to play. And so bands like U two, unknown Irish band, how are they gonna expose themselves to an American audience? Let's give them this video to play. And uh, when I first heard this, the video is just the band playing on the docks. And when I first heard, heard this, I thought, oh, this is cool. Because, again, I'm, you know, 14 going on 15 at this point. No, actually, I, I was 15. And at this point in my life, like, I'm trying to find new music. Like, give me something imported. Give me something that I, I can't hear all the time. Because right. for some reason, I thought it made me cooler. <laughs> it, it does. It, okay. it didn't. Well, when you're making mixtapes for girls, I mean, you got to have, you got to be yeah. a little... A little new. You got to. You got to blow, <laughs> you gotta blow the mind. You got to give them something they ain't heard before. The thing is, like you said, U2, though, is also timeless. That's another one of those where they have so many amazing hits, oh. and they're still going. And actually, that new movie, Sing 2, is coming out where they use Yeah, Bono's one of the characters yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like that, And it's because yeah. their music... Actually, that's one of those we talk about. My wife and I were like, well, what's a song that goes through the decades... And you're not like, well, this fits 80s or this fits, you know, mm-hmm. this. U2 has quite a few songs that it they, literally could be from any decade. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a good friend of mine just really turned me on to them a lot deeper than just, you know, two or three videos we saw on MTV. Yeah. I fell in love with them probably 1984-ish before the Unforgettable Fire album came out. And I'm just like, wow. Like, my mind's blown about the sound was exactly at that time in my life. Just grabbed me and just pulled me in so the thing is too they were curved by the 90s like their sound they they definitely changed a little for the things that were definitely happening but yeah the 80s is good stuff too yeah for sure all right what's next I'll wait by Van Halen. That, that wasn't Van Hagar. It was not Van Hagar. This is the last <laughs> album before Van Hagar, actually. Again, this could have been a number of songs. Like any song on the 1984 album would have fit here. Panama, Jump, Drop Dead Legs, Top Jimmy, Hot for Teacher. Any of those could have fit right here. But this song here, the reason I used this one was because it sounds so uniquely different from the rest. The way the like, we didn't hear the intro, but the haunting keyboards at the beginning are just amazing, especially with some great headphones like these. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds amazing. And I could have used stuff from the Diver Down album or even gone into Van Hagar because I, you know, I'm one of those people, I love either either camp, either one. Hmm. So it was good stuff. I felt like that song almost had a little bit of a sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel feel to it. A little bit. 
maybe they did borrow some inspiration. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they they were sort of inspired. There is a co-write on this one. So the Van Halen brothers and Michael Anthony, they always wrote the music, and then David Lee Roth usually did the lyrics. There was a co-write on this one. Michael McDonald. Oh. Yes, the Doobie Brothers, Yacht Rock, Michael McDonald is the co-writer of I'll Wait. Really? Really, yes. Hmm. I would love to hear Michael McDonald sing this song. <laughs> I love Michael McDonald's I do, voice. too. I, I do, too. I love his voice. <laughs> I do, too. Like but a- he's so anti, <clears throat> he's so opposite of what the Van Halen yes, sound yeah. is in, yeah. in any era. Yeah. If yeah. I could ever sing and sound like somebody, it would be Michael McDonald. Huh. Yeah. Mine would be Michael Bublé. Go ahead. <laughs> Steve Perry would be the guy I would love. Really? Steve like. Perry? Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. The voice. That's yeah. he's known as the voice, man. Yeah. Nobody else. It's a very interesting voice. voice. Yeah. yeah. All right. And how many more songs do you have? I you just got one more. One more? Okay. I love that song. Oh, I do too. It's When You Close Your Eyes by Night Ranger, who is one of the most underrated bands of the decade. Every song, so good. Captures the decade, that that style of music during the, the mid-80s there. It's just, I mean, that that is a, a uniquely 80s sound. And this song here um, says 1983. The single was released in early 84. And... It's so funny because, like, okay, the, my first heartbreak happened in 1984. And shortly after that, I'm like, I'm never going to find love. Because you know, <laughs> you're, what, 15, 16? Yeah, 17, 18. So the, the, the 17, 18-year-old version of yourself has a very limited worldview, right? Yes. You, like, kids think, like, th- my life is going to cease ending right now. Yeah. So for, like, two days... I just sulked and just stayed in my room and wouldn't eat and, and couldn't believe it was over. And this song came out maybe a month or two after. I'm like, that's exactly what's going on for me right now. <laughs> so so this song, again, easily could have been Sister Christian yeah. or um, Sing Me Away or a number of Night Ranger yeah. songs. Yeah, They're just a phenomenal band. And they, they continue to put an album out every couple years or so now. And... You know, that's pretty much my list. Now, again, like you said earlier, you asked me tomorrow, this this list is different. Yeah. There's a lot. It's like picking your favorite kid. I think <laughs> I think I really liked your list, though, because you went with albums and, and songs and people that, you know, are definitely in the top, but you went with their ones that are not as popular, but they are still good songs, you know, and you do, for, those are the ones you forget because they're not played over and over again when you go into your 80s playlists and things like that. So, right. yeah, those yeah. were good. I liked that. That was awesome. But this list, uh, I had to, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think through. I, I got these out, just kind of threw them together pretty quickly, but I left all songs by The Cars, The Police, mm-hmm. The Romantics, Mm-hmm. The Romantics mm-hmm. is the my romantics, is yeah. my. I'm doing a, a podcast here in a couple of weeks of underrated bands. The Romantics to me are the most underrated band of the '80s. A couple songs like um, "What I Like About You" 
and talking in your sleep. That's the only ones people know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had about three or four very solid albums, and I could have put one of them on here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that uh, that I left off of here, but this song, this list here, I love this it's list. A good, it's, it's a good, good list. It's good. Yeah. I, re- I remember Thanks. when I when I texted you and you know told you what we were doing and to come up with just five songs that really take you back and you just texted back and you said you realize you're asking the impossible (laughs) (laughs) it it was very it was very difficult yeah and one more that i left off that was very close was i want to go back by eddie money yes so that's 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 like my life story that's in my youtube playlist also (laughs) sweet yeah okay so schnoz you have a list I, I guess. I mean, so I, I just started Googling just 80s songs. And as I'm going through this list, I'm like, oh, those are really good. <laughs> but so I, I guess I have six songs um, and there's there's no order to them and we don't have snippets of it. But um, we were talking about Van Halen earlier. Hot for Teacher. The, the <laughs> oh, drum solo goodness. in the beginning. <laughs> that's just mm, gives which, you chills every time I hear it. Which is just Alex Van Halen on a bass drum barefoot just pounding away. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I got, I have two Motley Crue, two Def Leppard, and then I have, um, Beat It by Michael Jackson, obviously. Which, which Motley Crue and Def Leppard songs? So for Motley Crue, um, I have, uh, Smoking in the Boys Room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Dr. Feelgood. Mm. Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood. Yeah, that's a good one. My favorite is Home Sweet Home. I'd have to hear it. Oh my God. It's a ballad. But oh my goodness, it's a great song. When we get done here, we'll play it real yeah. fast after we're off the air. And then my last two were Def Leppard. One was um, Pour Some Sugar on Me, obviously, but yeah. Rocket. Rocket. Oh, that's Rocket. a good one. Yeah. Think, good list. Yeah. yeah. Again, if we ever did just a rock podcast, we, we may do like an 80s hair band tune. Oh, Fight me back, please. See, but we, <laughs> we could do that, but like me, I just I, I spread out. All decades, like just rock in general. Like okay. we go, we go from Seether, we go from Death Leopard, we go for Motley Crue, ACDC. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a really good podcast about '80s music. Um, we had fun. a really good eclectic list of all kinds of songs that you know maybe a lot of people didn't know and had never heard before. I'm sure, you know, when it comes to Eli and Rob's list, that's the case. And. Um, <laughs> But, you know, Rob had a good list of songs <laughs> nobody else had heard She's of. She's probably never going to come back now. <laughs> she, yeah, right. You She'll have... come back just to yell at us. Just to yell at us, yeah. <laughs> okay. I wanted to put this out there, especially on the air. I did a, an addendum on the on the Facebook page. But our 1991 episode that we released a couple of weeks ago before the Thanksgiving, we talked about, in 1991, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. Right. And mm-hmm. we talked all about the Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. and what they were. Yeah, that was wrong. The Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in 1947. Woo! They were made public the first time in 1991. Seriously? And Why that, did they wait so long? Because they wanted to go over them with a fine-tooth comb first. And, yeah, and I'd rather them be right than 40 years worth. My yeah. goodness. Yeah, and wow. so they finally released... That's what happened in 1991, was they finally okay. released them to the public. And that's why Handsome Chris uh, got to see them on display when I did the tour, because they were actually sense. open for people. So okay. everything we said about the Dead Sea Scrolls was right. Except it was for, just the wrong yeah. year. Sure. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, so. care, care if I put a plug in real quick? No, go ahead. Please. Okay, so, you know, I'm... You just got to get closer to the mic if you do Sorry that. about that. So, so as you guys know, he's told I'm gonna, you... I'm going to be editing like 75. Sorry about that. I, I apologize for all of the... There, finally. This is the best you've really? sounded through the whole podcast. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. <laughs> Can so, you hear me now? So, as you guys Good. know, I do the Living in the 80s podcast and Facebook page. This week, we're launching Living in the 90s. 
and Big J is one of the administrators for the page. So go check that out. Lots of 90s memories, lots of TV and music and movies and all that other stuff. So check it out. Yeah. Send me an invite, please. Okay. Well, we're not doing that until December 1st. December 1st, yes. I'll be waiting. That's when it launches. I'll be waiting for the next two days. And, you know, there there may be a possibility that uh, Chew and the Fat will be doing a Living in the 90s podcast. We we may launch one. Oh. That would be amazing. As if I didn't have enough on my plate (laughs) as it is. You have nothing else going on. No, I got nothing else to do, so... (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'll now, do that now, now that free for all is uh, split into uh, two episodes a week. Yeah, that's just oh, yeah, that's making it even more fun. So, all right, but with that, I would like to thank everybody for listening and thank you, Schnoz, for producing and being here and for your input. It's always fun to, <laughs> to see you wide eyed and amazed at ancient history. <laughs> being relived right in front of you it's fun to hear about it's fun to hear your guys' side of nostalgia where i i hear it from my childhood where i i've heard it from my parents but to see you guys and actually hear the conversations that go behind the scenes other than just yeah we listen to this mm-hmm. so it's it's, yeah. it's fun so of, of the all of the songs i think it was like what 22 songs 20 sure. songs that we played today like did you enjoy any of them yeah and i i probably knew about good 80 percent okay good yeah, nice. honestly Nice. It's all it's right. actually interesting because I think we're all about ten years off from each other. So, yeah. and mm-hmm. the thing is, because you know, I didn't actually I lived from eighty six to to eighty nine, like that in the eighties. But you know, I I don't remember anything. But I still had all that culture came over, you know, uh, with it. Yeah. He's getting the back end as it comes back around, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's just interesting that it's all, you know, it's still relevant. Obviously, he's he knows eighty percent of the, the yeah. music still, which is crazy. So it's it's restores it's really cool. my confidence in our youth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny too, guys. The other night you were actually asking me um, if I enjoyed eighties music or if I liked eighties music, and I, I said no at the time. You did, yeah. And and, I, and as I'm thinking about it, and I, I went home that night and I started like listening to some more, and I was like, dang, I was wrong. Like <laughs> I should have I should have been more involved in this list. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but at least you did get to compile a little bit of a list for yourself. Yeah, so. yes, yeah. very respectable cool. list too. Yeah. It was yes. All right, and Jet, thank you also for being here. Always love being here. Always love talking, and probably talk too much. But music, man, when we start getting those sound bites, I'm just waiting for that day when they shut you down for, <laughs> for using their music. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I've been I've been using music clips on my podcast for the last almost two years now. Never had one shut down. Then we're going to keep going. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's keep going until they shut one down. I think down. if you keep it at like 30 seconds and you at least give them a nod of, you know, who who sang it, Gotta when it was, it. maybe yeah. you'll give this them the credit. This is Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel from yeah. the album So, you know, yeah. things like that. So at least you're, they can't really begrudge you because you are pointing people towards your music. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I love it. It's great. Yeah. So, all right. And Guru Rob, thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming again and being a part of this. And we love your a mass of knowledge that you have, and that's why I had to have you on here for an 80s podcast. Well, I thank you for inviting me. Um, and I, I may have talked way too much. I nope. do nope. apologize. Nope. Not at but all. But if you had not had me on this one, I'd be like that Indian on the side of the road with the trash with the tear rolling down my cheek. <laughs> How are you going to have an 80s <laughs> podcast? And not have me? So yeah. anyhow, thank you very much. It's great welcome. being here. You guys were, were awesome. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. And to Eli... We really did miss you sincerely, and we wish you were here. And I missed you, Eli. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we actually hope that uh, you'll feel better soon, and that you won't be as concussed, uh, and that you'll get some re- the rest that you need. 
So, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, I am Big J, and I would like to thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out all of the podcasts that Chewing the Fat Presents offers. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you all once again for listening. And as always, please be safe, have fun, and we will see you next time. Keep your feet in the ground, but keep reaching for the stars.